Ketubotav Samach Hayat. The last thing we're discussing was the importance of mitzvah tzedakah. We see how Morokvah used to give tzedakah and how Rabbi Abba used to give tzedakah and Rabbi Hanina would give tzedakah. And Rabbi Lazar said, uh, we, have to, we have to give a hazaku baruch to the tricksters, but because of them, we get away with not giving tzedakah. Because a person who, who turns his eyes away from giving tzedakah is, is like doing avodah zarah. But because there's tricksters, we can blame us not giving on them. And with that, we're starting. Samach Hayat Amud Aleph, 11 lines in, where the line starts with the words Tanura Banan. Tanura banan, if a person makes himself blind, he pretends to be blind, covering an eye or something like that, or he blows up his stomach to show that he has like some sort of sickness, or he's limping, showing that his feet are not 100%. He's trying to get some sort of uh, disability money. He doesn't pass away f- from this world until he actually needs it. And therefore, a person who takes tzedakah, he doesn't need it. So for, he, end, he ends up, he's not going to pass away from this world until he actually needs tzedakah. And Tananatam, we learned in Masechet Pe'ah, Let's say the mark is 200 zoos. If a person has 200 zoos, he's considered not an ani, and he doesn't collect leket, all the other tzedakot. Anything under that, he is considered poor, and he would get. So let's say he's at 199. We don't tell him to sell your assets in order to get over that 200 uh, threshold. And the Gemara asks, what, we don't make him sell? We have a Brayta that says, If this poor person has a gold kelim in his house, he should sell the gold and buy silver. And if he's using silver, let him sell the silver and use copper. So you see, you do make him sell it. So it's not a contradiction. The Brayta that says he has to sell, that's Bemita Veshulhan. That's uh, his bed, his his table. Ha, because the the ones that he does not have to sell is his cups, is his plates. And the Gemara asks, Why is it that his cups and plates he doesn't have to sell? The Amar because he could always say these lower level utensils are disgusting. I, I wouldn't put that in my mouth. But also, what about the, the bed, the table? You could also say, I can't sleep on such a thing. So, like, my switch is it. Rather, the son of Rabbah explains, we're talking about a plow made of silver that we make him sell because he's not using it on his body. And they sell that, take a lower level one, take one made of copper, and this way you don't have an issue. But things that he actually uses on his body, different story. Now, uh, the Shita Mekubetz that brings a Mefaesh uh, who explains the Maharishi that we're talking about is like a bath, uh, back scratcher, scrubber sort of thing. Get that look into. Rav Papa Amar, Lakashya. No, there's no contradiction. He explains it. Khan, uh, this is the way that Rashi explains it. Khan, when we tell him he does not have to sell, that's Kodim Shavoli Degiboy. That's before he gets to the two hundred threshold and therefore he takes Lekish Hapea rightfully, taking Sadaka, so we don't make him sell anything. Kitek. Khan the Hashavoli Degiboy, once he already took and when he was not supposed to take, he already had enough money. He has over two hundred. What are you taking for? So in that case we make him sell whatever he has in order to pay back. 
And even if he doesn't have, then we make him sell, uh, let's say, the gold to get silver, silver to get copper. That's the way Rashi explains it. However, the reef, Rabbi Nutam, all explained before he gets a uh, level where he has to, to take, meaning, you know, if he's taking it quietly, only like a then they're not forcing him to uh, to sell whatever he has. Once he already got to a level where he's taking, and taking tzedakah is, is something already that's publicized, in that case, we make him sell the higher level things to sell the lower level things. And the Ritva agrees with that explanation also. Next, we have a Mishnah that says, Yetoma shehisiata ima o ahaya midata. A Yetoma, who her mother, her brother, married her off, and she, and she consented, v'chatvu la b'me'a o b'chamishim zuz. And they wrote a dowry, a hundred or fifty zuz, which is much less than what she would have gotten if her father was alive. Yechola hi mishetagdil lo'otzim yadan ma'shera'oi lehinaten la. When she gets older, she can now pull out of her father's uh, assets uh, whatever was supposed to come to her. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, im hisi et abat harishona, yinaten l'shniya kederach shinatan l'rishona. Rabbi Yehuda says, if, if, she, if this girl already has an older sister married that the father married of, whatever was given to the first one, the father would have wanted to give to the second one, that's how much you give to the second one. Well, depends. Sometimes a person's poor, he becomes rich, rich, he becomes poor, and maybe he can't give what he gave last time, or maybe he wants to give more. Rather, we assess all the assets, and then we give her what uh, we feel she deserves. And the Gemara starts, When it comes to her dowry, we assess how much uh, the father would have wanted to give her. Is the father generous? Is he cheap? The Gemara asks, The girls get their food and their panasa from their father's assets. What are we talking about? We don't say, If her father was alive, he would give her A, B, and C. Rather, we assess whatever the assets are, we figure it out, and then we give her what she deserves. My love, panasata baal. Now we're talking about panasalvir. Aren't we talking about the dowry that she's supposed to bring into the marriage? Amar of Nachman by Yitzchak. Lo, we're not talking about a dowry. Rather, be panasal Here we're talking about she wants to eat. She's living here with her brothers, and she deserves food like everyone else. So we assess and we give her. The Gemara says, yeah, but ha nizonet umit panesot katane. We mentioned nizonet, that's food, and panesot, it's two things. My love, hot panesata baal, hot panesata asma. Aren't we talking about one is a dowry and one is the actual food she's supposed to eat, whatever she's supposed to get from the brothers? The Gemara says, lo, idi ve idi pe panesata asma. Now, both of them are talking about her eating while she's under the brothers. Ve la kashia, and there's no contradiction. Ha bachila ubishtiya. One is eating and drinking. Ha bilvusha vechisuya. And the other panasa is her clothing. And we assess, he's rich, poor, whatever the case may be, case by case. Now the Gemara has a question, Tanan, Hachamim Omrim, Hachamim argue in the Mishnah against Rabbi Yudah. Rabbi Yudah says that if whatever the first girl got, the second girl got, Hachamim said it's not possible, because sometimes a person's poor, he became rich, or he was rich, now he's poor. We assess whatever assets he has, and then we give her. And the Gemara just understand, my ani my ashir. What's an ani? What's an ashir? If we say poor means he doesn't have assets, ashir, ashir bin chasim. If he's rich, he has a lot of assets. It sounds like Tanakama 
which is Rabbi Yehuda holds that Afilu Ashir Ve'ani, even if he's rich and he became poor, we give her like the first sister got. The problem is, how lately he doesn't have money. How, why are we expecting him to give that much? You have to say, we're talking about Ani, Ani Badat. We're talking about someone who's poor in mindset, which means he's cheap. Ashir, Ashir Badat, someone who's rich in mindset, which means he's generous. We assess whatever assets he has and we give her. Right, we don't look at the the father's whatever his mindset is. So we see from uh, this Mishnah that we don't go based on the father's mindset. This is a problem on Shmuel who says we go by the father's mindset. The Gemara says, If you married off the first girl, the second girl gets what the first girl got. Why can't you just say halacha kerbiuda if you hold like him? The Gemara answers, If you would have said that, maybe that's dafka where he married her off. Where he revealed this is what he wants to give. If he didn't marry her off, maybe we don't assess the father's mindset. Rather, we go by the assets that he has. Kamash Malan that Amad Rabbi Yehuda the Rabbi Yehuda's reason does lean but tell him now we go by what the father would have given. Loshana Isia Loshana Lo Isia doesn't make a difference if the first sister was married off or not. We always go this guy's a cheap guy this guy's a generous guy that's uh, we go by the father. So why did Rabbi Yehuda say married her off? No, that's the Odiacha Kohan de Rabbanan to show you how strong rabbis hold of what they say. The Afal gave the Isia, even though the first sister got married, Vegaledat, and he revealed this is what he likes to give his daughters. Now we don't go by what the father's mindset is; we rather go by the assets. And Amal de Rabbanan de Rabhaista, Rabbat or Rabhaista, Dashina Mishemach Halacha Rabbi Yehuda. Can we be Doresh from your name the Halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda? I wish, right, that all these good things should be said in, in my name. Did really say halacha A girl, a daughter who is eating from the assets that the brothers inherited, she gets ten percent for her for her dowry. And we don't go by what the father wants. It depends if we know the father or not. If we know the father, then we give what the father wants. If not, then we go based on the assets. And it makes sense. One time, Rabbi gave a yetoma, one twelfth of the nechasim for her dowry. And now, Kashian Ahadade. Now, you see that he's contradicting himself. Before, it would be said that she gets a tenth. Over here, he's giving her a twelfth. Rather, you have to say, it depends if we know the person or not. We know if he's generous, cheap, or if we just don't know the guy, then the halakha is different. Let's go back to something we learned before. A daughter who is eating from the, the, the brother's inheritance, she gets one-tenth for her dowry. According to you, if a person has ten daughters and one son, this boy has nothing because his sisters are going to take everything. 
So Amar Lahin, so Rabbi explained, this is what I meant. The first girl gets one tenth of everything there. Shenia, she gets 10%, what the first one left. So now there used to be 100, now there's 90, so she does second sister gets 9. And the third sister gets 10% of all is left. Then they mix everything into the pot, and then they split it up that way. So this way everyone gets even. So now the Gemara asks, Kol hada v'hada shakla. Why should they have to split it? Every girl should get the 10% that she got. So if the first one came first, she should get 10%. Why should she have to now mix it in and split it? So the Gemara explains, you're right, if they got married at separate times, yeah, each one would have to uh, you know, get only 10%, and then the other one, 10% of all was left, 10% of all was left, and so on. Rabbi over here, Hachi Kama, he was talking like this. In Baokulanli, Nasekahat, they all came together to get married, meaning all 10 girls want to get married at the same time. Holkot Beshave, they split the dowry money evenly. And Messiah Ale, the Rav Matnan helps Rav Matnan, the Amar of Matnan, in Baokulanli, Nasekulankahat, if they all came to get married at the same time, not Lot, Isur Ehad, everyone takes 10%. Everyone only takes 10%. They take 10% at the same time. Everyone equal. Whether they're older, they're over 12 and a half before they got married. Or they were married before they became adults. Meaning they're still ketanot and they're narrowed. They lost their mezonot, meaning the brothers don't have to give them food anymore. But they didn't lose their dowry money. That's the really B. Once they're actually married, they lost their dowry. He holds this dowry business that we uh, that we talked about. It's only when they got married when they're ketanot on arot, but it does nothing. And Rabbi Shimon ben Azar holds that same idea. The Na'ara could be mohel her dowry money, and there's no issue with it. It's not like another girl. So Ketzad and also, so what do these girls do? No one's going to marry them without a dowry. So Chrot Lahen Be'alim, they hire husbands, meaning they get someone to agree to marry them without the dowry. Umotzi'in Lahen Panasatan. And then they, oh, see, now I have a guy I'm engaged. Now they take away their uh, their 10% for their dowry. Meaning they get a guy to say we're engaged and then they go get the money rather than usually the opposite way around where she has a dowry and then she could go get married with it. And Amar of Nahman, Amar Huna, Hilcheta, Kerebi. The halakha is like Rabbi, that even though she doesn't eat, she doesn't get mezonot, but still she has a dowry. So now, Etiver Rabbah, the Rav Nachman, Rabbah has a problem with Rav Nachman. An orphan who was married by her mother or her brother, consensually, she agreed to it. And they only wrote a dowry, which is not on the level she's supposed to get, which is only 150. She could wait till she gets older and then go pull out more money from the, the brother's inheritance. And Tama Diktana, it sounds like just because she's a Ktana Hagdola, but if she got married in Allah or if she got older, Vitra, she was Muhalit on it. And it sounds like over here go the halakha would be like Rabbi Shimon bin El Azar, that a Na'ara cannot ask for the rest of her uh, dowry money once she got married. So why just halakha like Rabbi? So Rav Nahma explained, Lokashia, not a problem. Ha, when we said that she didn't lose her ktuba. 
And that's the Mahai. That's when she protested when she got married. She wasn't happy about the money thing, but right now I can't do anything about it. Wait till I'm older and I'm going to yell and scream and bring you to court. But when she did not protest, then okay, she was mohal on everything and she can't take them to court later. And Hakinam Mr. it makes sense that it be held that a Bogeret who did not protest, she lost everything from her dowry, the Imken. Because if that's the case, because if you don't say this, then Rabbi contradicts himself. Because Rabbi over here said that once she got older and she didn't get married, she didn't lose her dowry. And the Tanya, we have a Braita, it says, Rabbi Omer, a sister who's getting food from the brothers, she's about to get married, she gets 10%. And we were medayek nizonet in dafkaf. She's getting food. Sheena nizonet lo. But if she's not getting food, meaning she's already older, no, she doesn't get her dowry. Now the B is the one who said that even when she's older, she gets a uh, she gets a dowry. You have to say there's a difference. It depends if she protested or not. And Amar de Rabina de Rabba, Rabina told Rabba, Amar lan Rabada Barahava Mishemach, Rabada Barahava said in your name, Bagra, if a girl became 12 and a half, and I'd say Khalim Hot, she doesn't have to protest anything because she didn't lose anything from her dowry. And he said, and I'd say Khalim Hot, and again, if she got married in Arak Tanash, again, she doesn't not she does not have to protest. She didn't lose anything from her dowry. Bagravini said, say Khalim Hot, but if she's older than 12 and a half and she got married, she has to protest. The problem is, really say that if she got married while she's a Na'ara, even if she didn't protest, she didn't lose anything? Rabbi himself asked Rav Nachman a question. Rav Nachman was posseg that the halachas like Rabbi, that a Na'ara who got married, she didn't lose her, uh, her 10% dowry. And Rabbi asked him a question from Yetoma. Uh, the, the case of the Toma where the mother and brother married her off and sounds the Dafka Ktana didn't lose her dowry but Anara would lose her uh, dowry if she if forgave it. Vishani then of Nahman answered him, It depends if she protested or not. And if that's the case, how could Rabbi say that the Nara who got married does not have to protest? Tigran explains, Depends if she's getting food from her brothers or not. When Rabbah said that she does not need to protest and she did not lose her 10% dowry, we're talking about a situation where she's getting food from them, that even after marriage, she's still getting food from them. Ha, when Rabbah said that the Na'ara who did not protest, protest and uh, she forgave everything and she doesn't have her, her dowry anymore, that's when she's not getting food from them meaning she should have protested at some point, and she didn't, obviously she forgave. And Amarab Huna Amaribi, Parnasa, the dowry, which is a tenth of the, the inheritance of her father, Enakitnai Ketuba. It's not, it's not as strong as, this is one of the conditions of the Ketuba. So the Gemara asks, My Enakitnai Ketuba, what does that mean? It's not as one of the conditions of the Ketuba. Inema, if you want to say, that when it comes to a dowry, she could pull that that her, she could pull that 10% out even from lands that was uh, sold. But let's say her brother sold the land, or let's say the father sold the land. She could come take that. And anything that's conditioned of Tuba, for example, her, her food, she cannot take from land that was sold. 
Then my kamashamalan, what's the hidush? Ha masim bechol yom motzin lefanasav ve'en motzinim zonot. We see this is one of those actions that betin do every day. We seize land that was sold in order to get her her dowry, but not for food. Ve'ela, maybe when Rabbi said that Parnasa is not like one of the conditions of Ketubah, maybe the ilu Parnasa gavianamim taltele, maybe dowry money you even take from uh, movable assets, utnai Ketubah, and the conditions of Ketubah, like the food, she gets from land, but from movable assets she does not get. The problem with that is, but according to Rabbi, whether it's the ten percent for the dowry or for the for the food, she gets even from movable uh, assets. Whether it's uh, assets that have a lien on it, land, or it's uh, assets that don't have a lien on it, they're movable uh, objects. According to Rabbi, you take them out from buyers and you give it for the for the parnasa for the dowry of these girls, or to, to feed the wife. Meaning, it, it it is it is a tanai ktuba. It is like one of the conditions in the ktuba. So why, what are we saying? It's not part of the conditions of the ktuba. Elamai, rather, what are we talking about when he said that? Panasa enakit tanai ktuba. That the dowry is not like the, one of the conditions of ktuba. Tanya for the following in, in regards to the following brayta. Haomer al yizonu benotav menechasav. If a person you know is about to die, he says, "My daughters should not eat from my assets after I die." And shomrin we don't listen. Because, too bad, when you signed your ketubah with your wife, you already signed off on that. But if he says, But if a father says, I don't want to get dowry from my uh, from my assets, then we listen, why? Because the panasah, the dowry, is not like a conditioning ketubah. So there's a way around that, but there's no way around the food. You already signed on the food. And we will stop right here. Baruch Hashem Amen Amen.